everybody, it's Mac, Porn Free Millennial. Before you get started on this podcast or the video if you're watching on YouTube, just want to say that this is very special to me. Uh, this is my first ever time interviewing somebody for this podcast. And it's my little brother, my best friend. Uh, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. We enjoyed it a lot too. There were a few times that we cracked up a little bit. We had to stop. We had to take a break. Uh, we really enjoy each other's company, as you'll you'll probably tell in the video. And there were a few times where my phone started to die because I was shooting on my iPhone. Uh, so there's a few parts that are a little cut together. I really don't think you're going to notice too much. Uh, we try to say, hey, there's a there's a technical difficulty. That's what we kept calling them, technical difficulties. But typically it was us cracking up or the phone dying. Uh, but we were able to get the first one in the mud. Uh, this is part one. This is the why behind why. Uh, we started to be each other's accountability partners in this journey. Part two is going to be how, how we do accountability and how you can do accountability too. I think that brotherhood in general, the term brotherhood can be applied to friendship, uh, to brothers, to sisters. I think brotherhood is key in recovery and it's key in holding yourself accountable and holding others accountable too. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Again, thank you so much and have a great day. Hey everybody, welcome to Porn Free Millennial. I'm Matt, the host. We have a very special guest today. This is my little brother, Noah. And uh, today's episode is going to be focused on brotherhood and accountability, which are really just huge, huge pieces of recovery in porn. And uh, this is the first guest on the show, my little brother. So pretty proud of you, man. I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, I think this was a long time in the making. We've been talking about this for a while. And a beautiful Sunday in Colorado started to kind of hit a big blizzard yesterday, yeah. uh, just in the middle of the day. Uh, that's kind of how it is out here. And uh, the weather cleared up and the clouds parted. And here we are doing a podcast at one of my good friend's houses that I'm sitting. So kind of worked out just perfectly for us. But in today's episode, um, Noah's going to introduce just a little bit about himself, his relationship with porn, because uh, it's affected us all differently in our lives. So I think it'll be important just to hear a little bit about him and his story. Uh, you know, what, what part is playing in his life? You know, what he wants to you know, grow in in this recovery journey. And I think lastly, what we're going to hit on kind of adding that episode is when we started, really started to do this accountability process is actually a key moment in both of our lives. And um, like how we've continued this journey on, I would say it's been since about February of 2023 mm -hmm. was when we started, you know, really doing this accountability thing with each other and checking in with each other almost every day, just about every day. If you looked at a calendar, it'd probably be just about yeah, 300, yeah. probably over 300 days for, for sure. sure. Probably like 340 out of 365, yeah. I would say. Um, a few days missed. This guy was in Turkey for a little bit. Yep. Uh, so just got back. But um, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. I'm really excited, though. Uh, this is going to start off just a chain of different episodes we're going to do where I'm going to be interviewing people that are really important in my life, uh, people that I really look up to. And uh, my brother, uh, little brother, but I look up to him as well. And uh, so, Noah, without further ado, man, if you just want to let us know a little bit about you um, and just like your relationship with porn, and uh, I'll just let you take it away, man. Thanks, brother. 
I'm happy to hear, uh, to be here. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I think, um, the relationship, um, between us has been a beautiful part of recovery. And I, I think, um, recovery is not all this kind of war, this battle, this fight and everything, you know, it could be some of that, but it's also, um, really getting to know yourself at a deeper level which can, it can be tough, but it also can be very beautiful and transformational. And I, I think uh, um, there's very, very many like beautiful things about uh, recovery. And that's one of those is uh, coming out of the uh, darkness. Some of the things that you've talked about on your podcast. And um, I think as brothers, we've become closer than we've ever been, which is a beautiful thing because, you know, maybe without this, kind of recovery thing or something, we'd be a lot less vulnerable with each other and, and knowing a lot less about each other, a lot less of brothers. And I, I think one of the things that I want to talk about today is kind of, you know, because even though we're blood related brothers, um, not everybody out here is going to have a brother and not everyone out here is going to have, you know, um, maybe a brother that uh, they kind of have the fertile ground to build this relationship on and, and to, to uh, sow these seeds that have really flourished. Um, kind of between us. So, but I think the thing I want to say is um, that's possible to find that, that brotherhood, you know, uh, or maybe sisterhood or fellowship, however that might apply to any of the listeners. Um, but it's possible to find that uh, even if you don't have a blood related, you know, brother or yeah. family member, you know, sure. I think for us, it just happened that, you know, we've been close throughout our lives and, and had a good relationship, but this was such an opportunity to really deepen it. And it, and this was a mutual struggle of ours. And it was something that we would kind of connect on here and there in our lives. Um, you know, and there's times when, you know, maybe I was in a state of recovery and you weren't or vice versa, you know, and, uh, um, yeah, so it, it's been, it's been awesome and transformational to have this. And I, I think going around a little bit on my background, I'm his younger brother. Um, but uh how much younger are you than me <laughs> seven years i think uh <laughs> yeah seven. seven yeah yeah so um yeah and technically i fall in the generation z so you know if i ever started a, a podcast i could be the uh porn free porn free, porn free zoomer porn free zoomer. Yeah, as, as i think we call it like this <laughs> so um but um yeah um and porn it, for me started at an early age and uh i think um, back in like seventh grade was when I really started to get hooked, uh, on it. Um, you know, and I, I think the difference is that like porn is porn in combination with masturbation is just different in a way than just masturbating. I think sometimes it can go hand in hand and both can be addictive behaviors. Right. But, uh, for me, you know, it started with, with the masturbating, but, you know, very, very rapidly got paired with porn. So I think it, um, and it became something that was so easy and accessible for me that, uh, um, I think by the time where I had unfiltered kind of access to anything was like right. eighth grade. So okay. I think very early on something that became like a nightly thing. And then I think the consequences are obvious to see as I look back on it. And that, at the times, like I would know that something was maybe bad and I try to fight it. Um, and, uh, uh, 
growing up Catholic, it was something I'd give up every Lent. And then, you know, <laughs> right. and then I think the most I ever got was like 32 out of the Whoa, 40 days. And then I felt close. so bad because I didn't get all the way. <laughs> right, right. It was this like struggle of like, oh, like I, I feel really bad and I didn't get there. So, you know, and then it would go back to just hiding and hiding within the use itself and hiding in the, uh, the addiction. Uh, so yeah. And, and, uh, you know, fighting and fighting, but once I got to, uh, um, kind of college, I had this environmental transition where I left my home where I was like, okay, like I'm not going to do it. And I actually was able, really able to stick with that. And, uh, I think I had a period of like recovery slash sobriety for like three years where I was exploring a lot of self-improvement and development. And, and I was talking about at that time, like how once I was able to quit porn, so many other things in my life, I was also able to look at and evaluate and grow in, yeah. you know, it was a foundational thing. And I, I really discovered a lot about myself and became a better person. And I think that's one of the things about recovery. It's not just not doing something, you know, uh, this goes hand in hand with like a lot of, uh, kind of other types of recovery, you know, in different groups, like people say, is this just what sobriety is? It's just mm. not doing this thing. And it doesn't seem like something that's fun, but like it's a boring, that, kind of a boring yeah, existence. Right. But instead it's like, you get rid of this thing that you think is like giving your life lots of, uh, value or it's like, it's the only interesting thing in your life. But mm. the reason why it's the only interesting thing in your life is because it's giving you this huge dopamine rush and making everything else in your life pale in comparison. Mm, I like that. They, there's research on, um, on meth and how that fries your dopamine receptors so much. It's the most like huge rush of dopamine you can get. So everything else in your life basically sucks. Yeah. But it takes a year for, and they can show this on uh, PET scans, but it takes a year for the dopamine receptors to normalize uh, after the, after getting off of it. But by the point, it, by the time it does, things in your life that bring uh, dopamine and, and worthy experiences or like worthy fulfillment and joy yeah. return. And it's just normal things mm. and stuff. So um, I think I'm trying to remember where I was going with that. But I, I think... No. Uh, <laughs> so for dopamine, just for the... The audience yeah how would you define it? that's like a chemical neurotransmitter yeah it's a neurotrans neurotransmitter uh so um yeah it's a chemical that communicates uh in the synaptic gap between neurons um okay. yeah and um <laughs> i love that i was, I was like Whoa. <laughs> hopefully i'm right but yeah, yeah. uh things I've learned about, but, uh, but it's basically like, it's basically the feel good, right? Yeah. Like the dopamine is like, this feels good. Yeah. And you know, big buzzword, I think, you know, right now and stuff, but for sure, uh, sex and porn can trigger a big amount of that. Like and you I, see it and you yeah. can kind of start to feel it in your mm -hmm. body a little bit. Yeah. And here's what I'll, I'll say kind of off the bat here. Like this is something that, um, this is important because I think, uh, um, you know, I'm in groups you know, with, I'm in recovery groups, I'm in a 12 step group. And something I hear a lot of is that this, um, this addiction, porn addiction is harder for people than even like heroin or even meth. I've heard that from people. They've said it. The they people that are in this, in these, these, in these, the 12 step that are, pornography that are kind of opening yeah. up and talking about their story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they might've been addicted to other yeah. substances. Yeah. And they say that those substances were easier to not easy but easier to kind of kick mm -hmm. than the porn. Habit. Yeah. Yeah. Like and cocaine, alcohol. Did heroin. they give kind of a reason or explain the, kind of why they said that porn is much more subtle and mm. kind of, yeah, it's, it's much more subtle and, um, yeah, kind subtle. of cunning in, in, 
Yeah, in the twelve step groups and in Alcoholics Anonymous, they talk about like it, it's being it's cunning and baffling and, and powerful. And then the twelve step group I'm in, the Porn Addicts Anonymous, it's like also same, you know, same similar thing, but it speaks to us, you know, in a way in, in our in our own mind. But and it's everywhere. Like yeah. with meth or with any kind of drug, you have to go somewhere, you have to buy it, mm -hmm. you have to, there's some kind of, uh, probably danger involved with that for buying something illegally. I think, um, and I'll let you keep carrying on because I think this is a great thing, but something I was talking to someone about was how, you know, kind of, uh, maybe like when I was growing up a little bit, where we still had like dial up internet, and I think you might have had a little bit of that growing up, maybe, Zoomer, but as a millennial, yeah. uh, we remember the dial up internet. And even like before the, like our house, we didn't have internet for a bit when I was a kid. What did I do with myself? I don't know. But you had to kind of work to, to get this stuff, right? And that's kind of like older generation, right? You had to kind of yeah. work to get this stuff to where now it's everywhere. And maybe that kind of goes to your point where you're saying like why it's so hard is literally I can grab the phone that we're recording with right now. And it's right there. Yeah. There's nothing that's holding you back except right. for like your willpower, which we all know the willpower thing. I've talked about that a lot. Yeah. Like the willpower yeah. can come and go. Yeah. But really it's like your integrity, your habits, your what your values are, right? But still you got that phone in your hand. You have different social media sites that are very addictive in general. Yeah. And then the algorithms typically will try to get you hooked on something that's very pleasing your eye that's going to keep you there. Yeah. That's what the apps are really designed for. These social media sites really to keep you on. Yeah. yeah. As long as possible. So I guess what the long kind of point with that is kind of makes sense what you're saying about, you know, porn being something that could be harder to quit. Right. Because right. it's right there all the time and it's embedded. Yeah. It's embedded in, in just daily things. Yeah. They're like, oh, you know, I'm going to check Instagram or I'm going to go on, you know, whatever website, Facebook. Right. And it's just very subtly mm -hmm. working its way in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's something that feeds off of a biological function, mm -hmm. which is interesting mm -hmm. because um, alcohol, you know, I mean, that's that's drinking, drinking something, but it's not it's not something that you'd maybe find just kind of naturally occurring. That's something you need to do to survive is to drink that substance, okay, or mm -hmm. to use heroin or to use cocaine or those things, but. Like sex is something that's wired into us evolutionarily. So yeah. like, you know, to pass on it's very, genes. yeah, it's very interesting, you know, and, uh, maybe the audience, you know, stuff talk about this with, with friends or hopefully, you know, people, you know, who you can even talk to about porn, which I know is something that people don't even have. And that I at times didn't have too. you have to have peers, you know, or people that open it up, but maybe it's that, it's that thing of like evolutionarily humans are this old, like millions of years. But for just this finite amount, this very, this grain of sand, <laughs> right. we have Pandora's box, you know, right. and we can go a lot into that. But I think what I'll say, and everyone knows this and you else you wouldn't be listening, but it's really easy to get addicted to, you know, not everyone is, um, not everyone is, but it's the same. Like people have a drug of choice and addiction of, of choice. And in the most maybe benign, uh, maybe that's coffee or a common one of like workaholism, yeah. especially here in, in America. Right. But, uh, I think what I'll continue though is like I had that three years. Everything's great, right? But it started to tank um, at the start, like nearby the start of the pandemic, and mm, uh, that was a big kind of moment. Yeah, it's a big a for a lot of people. And uh, I I was doing okay in the beginning of the pandemic, 
but a big part of it happening was uh, in graduate school and under a lot of stress. And uh, that was a big time where that started to uh, intensify mm. because um, every everything was being neglected, like all these other areas in my life. And mm. the pandemic is going on too. So it's like right. a culmination of, of factors. And I think what the, the thing I'll say is like, you know, uh, I like life gets more challenging and, you know, we're, we just because like we have some sobriety or recovery now doesn't mean we're promised that later on because, um, having like good mental health, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you could equate that somewhat too to like, like a spiritual health or like, you know, other areas. Um, but it, it doesn't mean the absence of problems. It means learning how to cope with them and weather the storm. So I, I think there was times in my life, like during that time I was like, yeah, like I'm, I got this, but my life was more balanced and, less stress, less responsibilities. But as that increases and there's a pandemic and there's all these other things, can I hold on and maintain that? You know, and if it, there's no vacations in recovery, some wisdom I've picked up, like you have to kind of keep yeah. keep on it, keep working. And, um, but uh, yeah, so it kind of pulled me back in and, and right, subtle, like, like people have said, cunning, like it kind of came back in and was like, oh, I'm not, I can help you, you know, right, I can right. help you get through this. I've been there for you before. Yeah, you know, I've been there for you for a while. To right, use right as a solution. Right, right, right. I'm here again. Um, I'm always here when you need me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah there's some good songs about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some good songs about that. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, it, it comes back, and uh, you know, it it kind of yeah presents itself that way, and um, in the short term, it does fulfill its promise in a way where it like gives you that really quick relief, right. you know, but it doesn't, uh, it, even that it doesn't fulfill on, you know, and, and basically when the act is done, you feel empty. Yeah. And then you need to do it again and again and again. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it started to get back into my life and it, and it really started to get in the way of things. And I, I got reminded again in the first place why this was a problem for me and why I quit it. And, uh, um, the way it affected, you know, my marriage, the way it affected my relationships with other people, the way it affected my self-esteem, my confidence, my physical health, my mental health, uh, my spiritual health, um, all those aspects for sure. So like everything. Yeah, everything. If, so, so it, it kind of touches all aspects of life mm -hmm. because at the, at the root, it's kind of at your like core. Like, yeah. You, you kind of, it, you, 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 once you accept it in, right. It becomes a part of everything because you have to basically right when you're done with it you basically have to start making up a story for whoever you're with or just to yourself okay how am i gonna talk about this with my partner right yeah. how am i gonna hide this from my partner mm -hmm. how am i gonna just push this under the rug for myself those start those thoughts all start to come up if you have any conscious, right? If you don't have any conscious, you know, like that's a, probably a deeper problem that you have to dig into. But typically when the act is done and you know, you, you go through the spree, uh, kind of, I think I've used this metaphor before where we're talking or analogy, but like, it's kind of using a credit card. Like you're done, you buy your purchase, right? And that's probably something you don't need. And then you look and you have this huge bill waiting for you. And you're like, well, I can't pay this bill right now. Yeah. And over time, it's like, it just builds and builds and builds until you actually like meet, meet it head on, you pay off your debt, right? And you, you pay it off and you stop using that credit card. 
Yeah. So to speak. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's a good analogy. Um, no, that's a good analogy. And I, I think that that is maybe a, uh, something, you know, we put off recovery, like the same way we put off paying that debt. It's like, I'll do that later. You know, that's too hard. Wait until the time's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, you know, procrastination thing, which I think porn can, uh, intensify. And that's always a huge bad habit of mine that I still work on, but it's like, this is too hard for me right now. And I mean, you know, that's something I said to myself a lot and it's like, oh, this is too hard. This right. is too hard right now. I need something to help right now. And that's something that porn chips away at is your ability to tolerate distress. Great. Uh, your ability to, to regulate your emotions, um, your ability to be mindful and present and your ability to, um, you know, be effective in relationships, you know, because you're not like all those other things go into that, but you're also like, you know, you're isolated, you're cut off. So yeah, I think, uh, I, it, we, it, we, it weaved its way back into my, into my life. Um, and I think, uh, um, those kind of consequences and stuff were motivators and, and there's more things maybe I could get into, but my life did return to a better state. And I think that that's something you do need to look at too, because not all of it is like this individual thing of like, I have to change myself completely. Mm -hmm. It's also, there are things in your environment, there's things in your life other than porn, like, because yeah. the biggest thing, and one of the things we talk about, and I know we're, we're talking about like porn and, and how it's everywhere and stuff like that. And Mac in his last episode brought up, uh, you know, some of the inherent problems of the porn industry and stuff. And that stuff can be good motivation to, to be like, okay, well, I don't want to use this, you know, or you can view it as an enemy if that's helpful, but also it's like, this is a solution to underlying problems. Yeah. And that's the thing here is like, if you're just going to quit this thing and stop the thing, that's not what a uh, recovery is. And it's not just like abstinence, you know, there's a difference. And, and that's, that could be sobriety, you know, that could, but it's not recovery. And in, in uh, the kind of alcoholic uh, anonymous, alcoholics anonymous kind of language um, or language around alcohol, it's being a wet drunk or a, a wet, what is it? Um, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, um, a dry drunk or something like that. Okay. I, and I might, be, I might be forgetting it, but basically it's, it's that you're, yeah, I think it's a dry drunk is what it is. But basically it's like, yeah, like you're sober, but you're still thinking in the addictive mind. And maybe you transfer that to something else. That's really good. But yeah, it's the sobriety is not recovery. And, um, you, the recovery is like doing the deeper work on yourself and seeing what the inherent problems are. So sobriety you know? is more of a byproduct of, um, of recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's something that might, may go along hand in hand. Like they're both, I think, conducive to each other and definitely have that relationship. But, right. but yeah, I, th I think that's the thing here. And, and that, Yes, recovery or recovery is going to suck if it's just, I'm going to stop doing this because then there's all these problems. Yeah. Everything's but, kind of going against yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. But it, it's, it's, uh, so much sweeter when those problems are handled and it's like, man, like there was so much other stuff and this was just masking that. You yeah. Know? So yeah, like it'll help you to be able to, to do some of the environmental changes. Um, but I think it goes along, uh, with those. It's not just, I'll change my environment and then that'll help me to stop. Right. It's, it's a combination of a lot of things and, and, you know, we could go off on a lot on that, but I think, uh, um, yeah, I think for me it would be like, oh, I gotta, you know, cut it off. And it's like white knuckling is another way to word that about God, like, oh, I got you know, willpower and stuff like that. And that was something that, that, uh, uh, I would fight forever. It's like my willpower. And that was a thing too, with like the, uh, you know, growing up, like I'd be on the streak and then I'd, I'd lose it. And, um, 
you know, something that's said in uh, wrestling, you know, I used to wrestle, is, uh, um, you know, the difference between wrestling and, and other team sports is when you win, you won. And you alone won. Yeah. When you lose, it's your fault. Like, you're the one who lost. That's like something my teammates used to say. <laughs> like but, that. you know, but in porn, though, I would say, I'd say that's different. Like, I'd say there's some accountability to take. And like for one's own, you know, and there's some ownership, like that's a thing. Big time. And also though, like if, if it's only you and it's only your willpower and you're failing at the willpower, then you're going to come hard on yourself. And it's going to be this cycle of like guilt and shame and I'm not good enough and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So anything that like, that's the last thing I want any of the listeners to take away is that we're up here and you're here or something. We're all in it together. We're all the same. We're all like, uh, we're not unique in that way, you know, really. So like we've all been there and, and, you know, uh, at any really steps here or any stage and, and we, we could go there again. And I think that's why we do this and why we do these things in our life. And a big reason of why we keep up our accountability and, show no signs or indications or arrival point for when you'd be like, all right, I think I'm ready to stop this. Yeah. That's probably when it's, <laughs> so, uh, probably that, that's at least for me, like whenever I've gotten to points in my life where I'm like, ah, I think I'm good. Right. Those are the times where I, I fall the hardest is like when I'm like, ah, I think I'm good. I think I'm all right. You know, <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. this thing figured out. I'm good. Noah, it's been nice checking in with you, buddy, but I think this porn thing is done. Now it's a, like Noah's saying, which is, completely accurate. I think it's, um, just think about it's a holistic way to live your life, right? And it's a way to live your life in a way that's going to, uh, project you forward into, uh, a better way of living, living into like fully who you want to be in the future, who you are now, but like, where, where do you want to be? What do you want to, what do you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> like, what do you really want to get to? Because mm -hmm. I, I think I did an episode called the porn prison, man. That's kind of what yeah. I feel like a little bit is like you're in this like cell, you're in this jail yeah. cell. Um, you know, like one of my favorite movies is uh, The Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. Love that movie. Um, but it's almost like uh, I was kind of thinking about this. Uh, my therapist, and I'll, I'll kind of include Noah on this. My therapist uh, told me, he's like, you need to have like a totem or something to remember last year. Uh, 2023, like I've talked about a lot, it was a tough year for me. You know, I went through a divorce. Uh, you know, brought me to a very bad mental place where uh, I was in a bad spot, really bad spot. Never been that bad ever in my life before. Um, had great people beside me, like my brother and my family and friends. Uh, but really, it was just devastating. It was devastating to a lot of aspects of my life and my, you know, my, my, my people around me. And um, that kind of felt like in the Monte Cristo. If you haven't seen it, uh, he basically is betrayed and. Uh, this guy goes to prison wrongfully. And, you know, I think uh, I take accountability for my actions, but I'd say I was kind of in the porn prison. Yeah. You know, I was in this really yeah. dark cell. Uh, he gets out of there and uh, he gets revenge, but he gets revenge, kind of learns in the story that uh, the best way to kind of seek revenge is to be like the better man and to, uh, at the end of the day, like live your life in a, a way where it's not like, it's not like this vengeance, but you're actually like living your life. Um, you're, you're moving towards something. You're moving towards a goal. You're moving towards love. You're not, you know, and I think I used like one of my episodes, it was like, you know, know your enemy and, and feeling pissed off. And that, <laughs> I think that's great to have that energy. Uh, but I think it's also great as well. The best way you can ever get revenge on porn is by living a great life and living with integrity and living um, naturally, 
right? Without this, this stuff in our life, that's really, it, it makes so many things so much more complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, one word that I think I talked in the, a few podcasts about was like, keep it simple. That's like my word for the year is simple. And just think about porn in our lives. Like how simple has it made our lives? Not very simple simple at all. (laughs) Now, how simple has it made maybe the porn industry? Uh, They've been making a lot of money. Uh, They make a lot of money every year. But how simple is it for us? Uh, It's not. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for a lot of people. It's a conundrum, right? It it makes things so complicated. And it really does. um, It does like kind of come cut down to like our core as human of like, am I going to live my life this way to where I'm like living in secrecy, uh, deceit, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a shadow of the, the person that I want to be. Mm-hmm. You have like yourself and then you have like your shadow self right. that's kind of in the darkness. And really right. when you're doing that, you're kind of living two separate lives. Yeah. And that can kind of shred your reality a little bit to where you start to mix in the shadow self with um, like your real life. Like mm-hmm. this shadow self you kind of keep in the dark and you're like, hey, I'm going to, that's just for my time. I'm going to go and do it when I need to do it for me. Yeah. Right. Cause that's how it kind of felt. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to go do this thing. But then eventually, right. You start to pull in your wife, you know, your people, you get married, you bring people into this relationship, that shadow self's right. Um, that shadow self followed me into my relationship. Yeah. It doesn't leave you. It doesn't leave yeah, you. It doesn't leave you. It's, it's still there for sure. So yeah. you have to, you have to find what that shadow self thrives on mm-hmm. and you have to really, um, you do have to, you know, be forceful with that and really, but like what Noah's saying, I think is a way you can defeat the shadow self is by forcefully living good and living, moving towards things in life that are positive for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Goals. Yeah. Because in those three years, I'm sure that you had a lot of, you were acting, oh, you were time. wrestling. You had a lot of things, I think, that were um, focuses for you, right? That, that's when I discovered what I wanted to do with my life. That's when I discovered my, not just like, cause I was asking and asking like, what am I on the earth to do? Like, what's my calling? And that's when I mean? you were struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, For that's best phases when you weren't struggling. Yeah. That was when, when I was, uh, that's yeah. That I started asking that once I was like, you know, um, maybe six months into recovery and sobriety and, you know, and then onward and onward. And that question got more and more strong. Mm. Uh, that's the time I started to do that. And I, I think uh, um, the answers came, you know, that's a beautiful thing. And that that's when I kind of also was feeling like, okay, there's, because I'm asking this question, you know, who am I asking this to? Mm. And it's not to myself, it was something much deeper. And I think mm. that's when I started to touch on a, some kind of higher power out there. And I think uh, um, I followed those answers and I, that, that's what grad school was, you know, on the path of, you know, so, and I'm a therapist, I'll say that. Yeah. Um, so that all was, uh, if, if I had stayed in porn and if I had stayed in that, uh, I wouldn't have found that. And I, I think that that is, it's scary, you know, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm really, uh, thankful that I got out of that. And I think, you know, motivates me to help other people. Um, and, and, uh, to help other people with this, uh, something I'd be glad to do. And I think it's something motivates me in the 12 step groups too. That's the 12 step is to service to others. Mm. So, uh, it's important. And I think I'll, I'll amend something I said earlier. Cause like, yes, porn is a solution to underlying problems. Yeah. 
and also, and also it, it will cause more problems in your life. Mm -hmm. So like this is a debate in, in addiction fields is did mental health issues come before the substance? And the, the mental health side of the therapist will say, yes, like it's the mental health issues first. It's the trauma first. It's these things first. The substance came after and that's self-medicating for these right, things. Right. But then the substance use, people will be like, no, like those disorders were caused by substances. Mm. And actually the right answer is they're both right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it's a combination of those things. Yeah, there, are, sure. there are substances where you actually can meet uh, criteria for personality disorders but being three months, like they've, they've researched it. And within three months after, the people no longer met criteria for personality disorder. Three months after being sober and, and in recovery. Huh. Uh, so what I wanted to say too with like porn is like, as we were talking, I was like, yeah, it does complicate your life more. So there will be a haze that like lifts when it's gone. Mm. And you can see more clearly and the problems will seem more solvable. Because when you're using porn, the problems are going to seem so much more intense than they actually are. Sometimes, yes, they are intense. But like you're with porn, it's like, um, yeah, I mean, the common expression, like there's a monkey on your back. Like how, like you're not going to be able to solve anything like with that there. Yeah. You know, or, or uh, hold, something holding you down or whatever metaphor you want to use. But you're going to be so much lighter letting that go and able to handle whatever obstacles you would have and like able to see life more as a journey and, and something, um, you know, where you can discover yourself or, you know, your path. And, uh, cause if you have this shadow self in this other aspect, that's also making it kind of complicated to be yourself and right. be two different people. You're having to hide so much. So like bringing these two things together, you know? Um, and, uh, um, yeah, I, I think it's a continual path, but to bring back, cause, you know, to what, what we're also like a theme here of accountability, uh, is that helps bring the, the darkness into the light. And mm. that's something Mac and I are rigorously honest with ourselves. And that's something that recovery takes is, uh, honesty and willingness, humility, you know, and that's something talking about around the mentors, you know, that, that Mac and I've encountered and those we've seen on the internet or other podcasts and stuff. Um, there's too many to name and then the, the voices that's, are numerous, which is great. Yeah. And, there was a uh, psychotherapist uh, who talked about, I think his name is Robert Masters, but he talked about uh, um, you know, his approach to helping guys overcome porn. And he said like to outgrow it, to help them outgrow it. Um, like that. You know, because you know, you're saying like, what do you want to do when you grow up and stuff? Yeah. Because it, 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 it keeps us stuck. And if we're, if we're, it keeps us at a lower emotional level. It keeps like, cause our emotion regulation, distress tolerance, interpersonal effectiveness, those are all skills. Those are going to be low because we're using something to, we're, we're dependent on this other thing for those. Um, so we're going to get stressed out easily. We're going to lash out more easily. We're going to seek instant gratification. We're going to treat people in our lives more like objects. Um, you know, maybe not even just women, you know, it, yeah, you it know, just be just yeah. you and me. Yeah. What do I get out of this? You know, it's like transactional, like what about me kind of thing, you know? So I think, um, yeah, I mean, that stuff gets me fired up to talk about where yeah, it's like, yeah. man, like this is huge, you know, to really talk about and be like, reflect back on it and be like, yeah, wow, like those three years were amazing. And I like, I'll say above any of those things, above all that, even finding like purpose in life. I mean, that's awesome and, and stuff and fundamental. And I think that was something that actually came before 
Um, yeah, that, that came before this, but this event was monumental in my life, was meeting my current uh, partner. Wife. Thank you. Yeah. And that is something that I wouldn't have had, honestly. So you wouldn't that, have, you wouldn't have got, you yes. wouldn't, that wouldn't have worked if you weren't on this uh, recovery yeah, journey. Yeah, for sure, for sure. If, if those three years wouldn't have happened and I'd be starting this now in my life, I'd be, I'd be even more behind. Because that time I was behind, I, I didn't even have a like, girlfriend in high school. You know, I wouldn't count the one I had freshman year. I feel like that was still like a middle school relationship, but I was awkward as hell. And, uh, you know, I think um, I, I had other things like there, you know, were women that wanted to date me and stuff, but I was super awkward and I was uh, uh, very, um, had a big lack of confidence and insecurity. Right. And like, uh, you know, I remember talking to Mac on the, on the, on the phone one time or in the car, Mac was driving in the car and I said, hey, and, uh, he said, why don't you be friends with that, that girl? And I was like, Mac, why would I be friends with a girl? Like, you know, basically they're for one thing. Like what I said, I go, if I'm not going to like date them, you know, I don't even know if I use the word date. Like, yeah. why would I be like, what, you know, what is it? And then he said, and then Mac said to give him credit as a big brother, he said, listen to yourself talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and these wake up calls are what we need as we're growing up. And how old were you? I think I was like uh, 16 or 17. So then I was a little out of college. Yeah. I think I was a, yeah. at home at the time. And I got, I got to give this dude credit for, for <laughs> being a huge influence in my life. And for without him too, you know, uh, this would have been possible. So even as like a big brother figure, as we talk about now, but uh, throughout my life. You know, and I, I think uh, Max been vulnerable too with me, like around you know things that he f wishes he would have done or done differently, and he's passed that down to me. It's not a, co a competitive relationship. Uh, you know, I remember talking to a past therapist of mine. And he says he's like, I feel like that's a good age difference where he's like seven years older than you. Maybe yeah. if he was a little closer, maybe, <laughs> a little, little more competitive, little competitive. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, we still competed against each other a little bit. But I kind of come up short a lot of the time. You had a lot of advantages, but. Uh, but yeah, it, it gets me fired up. And yeah, like the evolution of how that was, was I, I started to see women for women and as people, yeah. and I could look them in the eye. And, what a, what a and thought. It, yeah, right. And it was so special, you know, in that way. And I just started having women who were friends. And right. Like, like we're talking about. Because, you know, that time when I was 16 or 17, and yeah, that's, that's a, you know, that's a, uh, you know, a, not a good thing to say about people. But... But you know, it's like, it's like an unconscious, Yeah, like you're not even that, thinking yeah, about exactly. it. It's just, and I, I didn't want to interrupt, but like one thing I was thinking about while you're talking is think about like how, um, this content and over the years, I mean, it's gotten more and more, I would say like, um, kind of race the bottom content mm -hmm. with porn, like how, um, it's just more like once you see it, it's just like, whoa, like that was pretty intense. You know, yeah, yeah, and just imagine put yourself back like when you were in eighth grade or seventh grade. Yeah, seriously, that's a huge thing for like a young boy or a girl yeah. to see. Yeah, and if you were that age, um, and in some sense, like you know, your brain hasn't developed. There's no like, there's no expectation that you're gonna really be able to really understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. But every, if, when everyone's watching it and it's like this thing that, you know, boys talk about or whatever. Oh, yeah. Right. Locker room. Locker room. Time. Locker room talk. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a huge. Like, I was thinking about that the other day, you know, because I was the same thing. 
Yeah. Uh, that's a huge like thing for a kid in middle school and like even probably younger now because of just the ability of cell phone or smartphones everywhere and internet. That's like such an adult. It's even beyond an adult. Um, it's traumatic even for an adult to see. I would say some of the stuff that's just very like brutal. Um, most of the time, I would say it's very comparable to like what rape would look like um, in the setup, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like gagging yeah. and all this stuff. Well, and you're like in seventh grade and you see this stuff, and for it's like, sure. how are you supposed to interact with a sweet, just a sweet seventh grade girl? that lives down the street that you have a crush on, mm -hmm. how the heck does that dynamic yeah, work? Yeah, and, and not, yeah, right. How is that, how's that stuff just gonna be cleanly cut off? Like a clean boundary of like, okay, well that's in my room with these kind of fake women. Like that, you could tell yourself in that. Like you're some adult or something. Yeah, the unconscious will come in and it will affect everything. And that's the subtle kind of insidious part of that. It's right. like, it'll color your life, you know, without you even knowing it. It's oh, like back, it's that. back here and like, yeah. you know, behind uh, the rods and cones of your eye, you know, whatever, make up your eyes. But it's behind, it's behind that basically just everything in life is a color that you didn't know it was, mm. you know, or like a matrix. That's a know? great way to say it. Cause I think like when you kind of step into the light again, you bring the darkness into the light. Mm. It does feel like you're saying you do see things differently. Things are more colorful. Yeah, there's you know, vi it's vibrant. Right. The way that I think God intended it to be, like it's just a vibrant. Yeah. You see people smile. You're happy for people. And you can smile genuinely and not from a fake smile. Like you're putting on a show. Right. I right. used to say, and I think I've said it before, but um, it's kind of like when I used to shake people's hands and look them in the eye. Like when I'm looking at you in the eye right now, I can tell in my heart that I'm talking the truth and I can look in your eyes straight. I'm not holding anything back. But if I was like looking at porn right now, I would not be feeling the same way. Yeah. I'd be looking at you in the eyes and being like, I'm lying to him. He doesn't know this one thing, right? Yeah. And that's kind of how it felt like I was living my life for such a long time. As like an actor. Yeah, I was like an actor. I was right. putting on a show. And then I think what that does is that kind of drives you in life to act out, lack of a better term, um, just in other situations. Like, I think I've talked in the podcast before, like I never mm -hmm. thought like I lied about anything. I always thought I was a very honest person. And I think I was in a lot of aspects, pretty upright person. But then when it came to like porn, I was such a liar. I was like the worst liar. Like it was like almost laughable, like how bad of a liar I was. Or like I was a good liar for a while until I got caught. And then I was like, just, it was just like, it was buffoonery. It was just like, Look, if I was like looking at myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, like you are like so full of it right now. Mm -hmm. But then on your end, it's whatever for a guy. It's like, okay, what, whatever. Like I lied to a, your partner. It's like devastating. You know, it's something that it hits way different to somebody like that. Cause they're like, you basically lied to me on this day, this day, and this day, like we had this great date or whatever. And you can, you know, oh no, you, you were lying then too. And um, those are hard conversations that we've all probably had to have. Yeah. And they suck, but they're, they're, they're really necessary to have those things mm -hmm. and to, to bring out, like you said, Noah, um, the darkness and the light. Mm -hmm. Because if you do not do that, that shadow self is just going to grow yeah. and have more control over your life. Mm -hmm. You're going to be its slave. You're the slave to the shadow, I think, when you let that stuff grip you. Yeah. It takes you away from so much. And it takes you away physically and mentally, right? Yeah. Like, I know mentally with, like, when I've been in the shadow realm, so to speak, I mean, holy crap, man. Like, I'm, like, distracted. 
I want to get out of the room. I want to get out on my own. I'm like, hey, Noah, great talking with you. I'm out. Like, you know, can you leave? Um, I got to go, you know, I got a yeah, meeting. You know? Right, right. Yeah. And you just make sh crap yeah. up. And it's like, mm -hmm. and then you think about it now, like you're saying with this new lens on. Mm -hmm. Or the, the the real lens, not right, it's not right. it's a new lens, Breaking but it, you break through it, right? And it's the cave. We can, you know, I always bring that. Oh yeah, with Pl Plato's Plato. cave. Plato, yeah. You go outside. I try to announce it at the T because I often say Plato, Plato. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about the Greek, uh, the Greek philosopher. Plato was pretty fun too. Yeah, yeah, but that could um, be another podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Plato the smell podcast. of Plato. I was actually, you know, with my uh, wife last night, we were shopping in. Uh, <laughs> King Supers and I was like, <laughs> yeah, there's Play-Doh and all over the place. Yeah, because we're smelling candles and stuff, and I was like, man, like I would just get like a some Play-Doh and be like, <laughs> she's like, you're so weird. Those were the good things. But anyway, all uh, the Play-Doh fans. Our mom used to make homemade Play-Doh too. That was pretty cool. Probably uh, tried to eat it one time. Well, of course, but it never tastes as good as it smells, and that's something we could bring back. That's how you could another topic for a podcast is a uh, taste. Porn like Play-Doh does not. Oh, it does not yeah. taste as good as it smells, right? This, this. Like a Tide Pod. <laughs> yeah. I haven't eaten one of those. Yeah. Though. Okay. All right. We took a quick little break, but we're back. So I think what we were talking about was um, you were going to talk about Play-Doh. Yeah. Not. not <laughs> yeah. Not, not the. Uh, yeah. Not the the children's. That's a different uh, one. Kind of. Uh, you know. There's no other thing to call it other than Play-Doh. Putty, it's not putty. putty. Yeah. So, but yeah, anyway, the uh, uh, Plato the philosopher though, because we're talking about the lens, but it's like, you know, the, the, the allegory of the cave, three people chained up inside of a cave, looking at the back of the cave. You can mm -hmm. think about the imagery there and looking at the, the back of it, you know, and then the, the opening and the mouth of the cave is behind them and the shadows are reflected on the back of the cave and that's what they see reality is of these shadows and these things and, and the noises, you know, but people walking by dogs, animals and stuff. Um, but one of them is able to break free and goes out there and sees outside of the cave and right. actually sees what reality is. Right. And he comes back to explain to them. And, and I think they, they spit on him or they don't really, they don't want to be freed. And this is something that you're, you may encounter is maybe friends, other people in your life who don't see a problem with porn, right. um, maybe are not going to support you. And the thing we're talking about today is accountability and, and finding someone who you can invest uh, in. You can invest in their life. They invest in yours and you have each other's best interests at heart. Right. Uh, and you can be brutally honest and confident, confiding in that person. Right. Uh, and uh, that's definitely something I have with this guy. And it's a, it's a, uh, um, yeah, it's a high level of trust and, and, you know, but it speaks to how I, how I love this guy as a person and the kind of guy that he is. Um, so... Um, yeah, people that make each other better in life. But in, in the cave though, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a similar thing is like that reality, you know, and I think right. we're stuck in that right. cave in, in porn and we're chained up looking at the back of it. And we think that that is all reality is. And it, and we can be in some really dark places. And, uh, one guy, one time a group said, I've been in, in AA, I've been in NA and a, you know, NA is narcotics anonymous, mm. you know, and I've, and the consequences of not being sober in those groups, a lot of times were death. So he mm. said, I've seen people in body bags, you know, I've seen these things. And he said, I don't, I haven't necessarily seen that here with porn, but it can lead to real consequences. Like divorce or divorce. It can lead to legal charges. If the kind of porn gets into illegal areas, which it can, yeah, easily. for the, sure. The things can progress. The, the line's been blurring, right. I think over time. It gets too. blurred and blurred and blurred and blurred until you don't recognize yourself. 
uh, uh, Brother Ali in his song, which was the top of my Spotify algorithm last year. I was like, whoa, wow, really? That's it was cool. uh, um, the rotten, the bitten apple, bitten apple, the bitten apple. Yeah, to to kind of uh, Brother Ali, Brother Ali, the, the rapper. Yeah, yeah. But he says the uh, feeding a monster or feeding a demon or feeding a monster you no longer recognize because it, it yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeking to feed a demon you no longer recognize. Mm. Um, so, um, but anyway, like he said, like these consequences be real and people could, you know, people could die by suicide, you know, because of these sorts of things, right? right. Like the depression can push them that far. But anyway, um, all that aside though, we're talking about accountability, you know, and one of the big reasons Mac wanted me to come on, you know, because Mac and I are the biggest recovery people in our lives. And, uh, so like, um, yeah, I mean, we, we do check-ins daily, you know, and this is something, you know, when that we started and, and kind of, you can explain cause yeah. Mac, Mac was a big part of it and a, a motivator for me too in that, in that time. Yeah. And I think like, I remember, um, I almost think, exactly a year ago now. Yeah. So this is kind of cr- cool that we're doing this right now. Cause we, we really started like, um, I would say like, uh, we've been on recovery, I'd say for a few years mm-hmm. now like the, the journey of recovery, but I think the actual like accountability part and like putting in the work, uh, started, uh, I'd say like mid February ish. Uh, so without going into incredible detail, uh, our grandma passed away last year, really amazing woman. We called her St. Anne, uh, cause she was a saint, big part of our life, uh, really close family. And I remember the day, uh, that I decided to go porn free and I, uh, well, the day that I started sobriety getting clean, uh, was the day she went into the hospital, uh, which was like a really meaningful day for me because I think, uh, I knew that something was going on with her and didn't really seem like, uh, this was going to be one of those, uh, times where, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, say bye to grandma, you know, she's not going to be around for too long. And I, I just remember like that was a really big moment for me because it just so happened that that was the day, I think that was, I don't even know if it was related initially to that. It was just the day that I was like, hey, I'm gonna go sober. I think that was like maybe be, I think that might've been the day when we started to do our accountability too. And uh, and grandma went into the hospital and it was a really big deal. And uh, I just remember I had some, some amazing uh, moments throughout this really tough time of where I really thought about my life and I thought about like my grandma's life and just how, uh, beautiful it was and how many people were around her and cherished her and mm. all the memories and all the connections and just all the beauty and the, the life that she brought and the mm. connections and the value that she brought to people's lives. Yeah. And I thought about that and I said, well, what about me? Like, where do I want to be? You know, when I'm in that state, you know, I go to the hospital or I'm, you know, I'm going to die where I want to be. Do I want to be, I want to be surrounded by people. Right. I want to be surrounded by my family. I want to have a family that can surround me with love. Right. And, uh, you know, like I said, guys, uh, I got divorced, my divorce finalized in March, but my separation was like in December and that February period, uh, was the divorce still wasn't finalized yet. Uh, but you know, basically was, set in stone a lot. Yeah. And that was like the first time I witnessed kind of like a, a family member pass away. It was really close where I didn't have, hmm. you know, that partner with me. And, uh, I just bring that up cause it, I think sometimes there's moments in your life that can really help be like a catalyst for you. And I've had moments in my life before and they were more negative moments when I was like caught and I hit rock bottom 
And, you know, my ex was like, hey, you know, kind of ultimatum stuff or whatever, right? And that's how a lot of people kind of get into it. And I totally get it. Like, we need to have that catalyst. But I think we can also have a catalyst where we're actually looking forward. And, and it's more of a positive catalyst. It is with a, a death of somebody, but it's also, um, I, I think, like, death also brings kind of, like, life. It changes it changes people's lives. All of our trajectories have changed now because of yeah. that in the family, right? And uh, I think um, that was a big catalyst for me to really start this journey. I mean, I started my podcast and all that stuff in May. Um, and I was really starting to plan it out, I think, around that time when we really started to do this accountability together. But I think that was the time where it strengthened this idea for us to, to say, hey, let's do this. And it's not like let's do this for our partner. Or let's do this. Let's do this for ourselves. Let's do this for our, like our legacy in life. Like, yeah, this is something yeah. that find your why. Yeah. I want more. I want more in my life. I want to look back on this life that I had and say that was a full life I experienced. Mm -hmm. Full life full of stories and joy and adventure and uh, revelry, like and the good stuff, man. The good stuff, right? Not the, uh, not the, the 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 poisoned apple, or you know, biting into that apple that's poisoned, but biting into that apple from that tree and it's pure, it's tastes amazing. That's what you want your life to be. Is that when you're biting out of that apple, and you're like, that's a damn good apple. Mm -hmm. That's uh, I think that's what really hit me, mm. and. Uh, that's when, you know, Noah and I have just been on this on, like, we've always been really close with each other. And it's been really cool because Noah's done some amazing things and I've watched him grow a ton. Uh, this is one thing that I, I kind of saw with Noah and with me. I'm like, this is something I could really, like, it's blown stuff up in my life. And he's married and I'm like, hey, like, I, you know, I don't want to see this happen for you, you know, and here I am on the other side of it. I think that's a lot of the reason why I did this podcast and stuff too is like, I'd I'd hope that more people can kind of surpass that or avoid it, yeah. Than just be on the other, oh, yeah. you know, because like I I'm in a better place now, right? Like I'm, you know, I'm happy. I'm doing some things I really love, sure. um, and sure. and it's good. But at the same time, if I if I, I think if I would have lived my life differently in certain stages, uh, you know, maybe I'd still have that future ahead of me where I'd still be doing the things I love and also wouldn't have to be dealing with all the heartbreak that goes with a divorce because. Whatever, if you like your partner or not, or whatever, if going through it, nothing's going to make it easy. It's, it's terrible. It's yeah. like the worst thing ever. I think me uh, really having the catalyst for me and for you, looking at our lives differently, and then me like kind of looking at the other side of a relationship that ended up failing, right? And, and looking at it saying, hey, if I can pass on any kind of information, I do want to pass that on. To people that I love like you, um, but also like family, other other family, whoever's willing to listen. Uh, and then if you're listening to this podcast, you, wherever you're at in life, whatever stage you're at, you know, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully this message can help you. Because yeah. I think right today we're really talking about like, like why, um, why this is important to us, uh, why yeah. it's important to have somebody. And I think that's where we can maybe end this one today is we can talk a little bit about like why it's important to have somebody with you that's a brother, uh, somebody, mm -hmm. and a brother in the sense of somebody that's going to have your back, someone that's going to be there for you when you need them, and then someone that's going to be there for you kind of when you don't want to have them around. Yeah. Right. Um, that's kind of what brothers do, right? Sometimes we're going to get under each other's skin a little bit, but it's all because we love each other and we want better for our... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all right. We had another technical difficulty. Yeah. Uh, 
iPhone batteries, not what they're cracked up to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so next time we'll make sure that the charger's plugged in the whole time. But anyways, I think we were talking about how uh, brotherhood doesn't, doesn't, brotherhood is a very big term. Yeah. And what that means is that you have someone that supports you, that has your back. And uh, I've been in groups before, just being blunt. There's some people there that aren't really there for the right reasons. And you'll find that out pretty quick. And don't uh, feel like you're obligated to have an accountability partner that's not quite there with you. Right. right. Super important. Super that could be a setback, you know. Big time. Be like, oh, well, it didn't work. You know? Yeah. You know, people say that. Like, oh, or I like tried echo, it, it didn't work. Or like an echo chamber where you, maybe if you're both just kind of complaining about things. Yeah, yeah, it pulls you in. Or when you're not being honest with each other and you think you're doing the accountability. Because, yeah, that's the thing. It's like people say this, you know, in a lot of different areas. But it's right. like, oh, I tried that, it didn't work. Right. I tried the accountability thing, it didn't work. Right. But it's like, you know, was it the, the right person, the right fit, you know, that sort of thing? And was it a relationship where you could really be honest, brutally honest? Because it's, we can be honest about our successes all day. You know, we can say, oh, like I'm this, you know, right, my, right. my day count or whatever. But right. can we be honest about, oh, I, I, you know, I checked out this girl for a really long time, you know, who I saw in public or I, I, um, did a bunch of searches and I, I watched things even, but I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't, uh, jerk off. So that means I'm, you know, it's a win, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Like, but you're not even telling them, you know, like, oh yeah, like I'm, you know, so it's, yeah. And him and I can't really lie. And when we practice brutal honesty and just honesty and, and that's a skill being honest, you know, yeah. it's, being a, it's a skill and it's something that uh, uh, for sure maybe comes naturally for some people, but for us, it doesn't, you know, we got so used to, to putting on that facade, you know, and especially starting this in our early years. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and, and yeah, brotherhood, sisterhood, fellowship, walking alongside. That's what I really like about the, the Porn Addicts Anonymous groups that I'm in. Um, but it can be found in other places. Um, and it can be found between, you know, a brother or a companion to walk this journey alongside. And there's a way that Mac and I structure our check-ins that, uh, you know, as he said, he's going to go into later on, but that'll be important to tune into because that will help, uh, that will help kind of guide things because it, it can be kind of nebulous and out, right, you know, right. and, but the way we, we have it is like, it, it's, uh, it's helpful for that. You know, it's definitely helpful. Yeah. And I think so. too, like you want to be, uh, kind of joined with somebody that you're rooting for, uh, that you have, uh, you want to see them succeed. And you want to build a personal relationship with them. So this might happen, like, if you join a group, they'll eventually you're going to be kind of paired with people or you're going to start to get to know people. And I think that's a really important thing about it, too, is, like, in the accountability space, uh, building, like, a relationship with that person is incredibly important. Like, if you are just kind of clocking in and clocking out um, and you have that mindset, that's what you're going to probably get out of it. But if you're in there with somebody that you care about, or maybe it's someone you don't really quite know yet, but you know that they uh, have the same goal as you, uh, it just is such a great environment. We talked a lot about like the shadow self, the shadow realm. Uh, it's a very lonely place. It's a very dark place. It's a cold place. I would say this is the complete opposite. When you're in the accountability place, like you're still working hard. It's not easy, but you're doing it together and you're building each other up. You're not tearing each other down. Yeah. And I think that's been the coolest thing with Noah is like, we've really like, I would say like the past year for sure, like our, 
I, we've, we've always been like close, like really good friends, all that stuff. But, um, I would say like the last year, like we've really gotten to know each other like really well. Yeah. Like yeah, really well. Yeah. Like, cause, uh, we'll go into it like the next kind of with the how, but I mean, we send vo voice memos to each other every day. Yeah. A check-in every, every day. Single day. I mean, he was in Turkey for a bit, so we gave him a little bit of a reprieve there. But with that being said, every day around noon, yeah. we're sending a voice memo about, I'd say, five to ten minutes long. And we're doing a check-in. And I did an episode on it. It's called Fast Check-Ins. But we'll go into it in more detail together and kind of how we do it and what we get out of it. Uh, so uh, I kind of you know, want to leave you guys with this is just, you know, find somebody in your life that you trust. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, And accountability, I think, is sometimes it comes with that negative connotation like almost like oh man i'm being held accountable or whatnot but ultimately it's yeah. you're holding yourself accountable by sharing with somebody by being vulnerable yeah. with somebody i mean ultimately it's a form of holding yourself accountable but you're doing it with somebody that you love you're doing it with someone that you trust you're doing it with someone that's also holding themselves accountable yeah. and then that makes it easier where when we're humans and we're kind of like you know given the old uh maybe i i don't i wouldn't say every check-in i've had has just been a great one where like I've, I'm like it's like raw raw at the end. There's sometimes yeah, where sure. Noah has to give me some like tough love, or I have to give him some yeah. tough love and say, hey, you know, that's kind of BS. Point like, out some blind spots. Yeah, yeah like some incongruities yeah. that right. don't match up. Or, right, like if you're saying things and then I, you know, I'm listening. I'm like, ah, just like quite line up with the, what you were saying yesterday, or like you know, what about that one thing that you were struggling with? Yesterday, you know, yeah. how's that going? Or are you minimizing this? It's mm -hmm. like, okay, man, like I'd actually be kind of watchful about that. Yeah. And you we've know? gotten to know each other's, I'd say like triggers and, yeah. and things that like maybe we kind of know, uh, like I know kind of what Noah might be struggling with and he knows what I struggle with. So then whenever we can kind of sense that coming on, that's when we can kind of turn on the heat yeah. a little bit in a good way, a loving way, a supporting way and say, hey man, I'm here for you. Yeah. Uh, we've even at times had times where we've had to text each other like in the moment and uh, maybe send each other pictures that will are not attractive pictures. <laughs> like uh, we won't go into detail. <laughs> yeah, we won't go into detail, but <laughs> things, things that, that will, will not knock you out of- uh, The things that are the right. reverse of being uh, drawn in yeah they'll, they'll sure. kind of draw you out like, what did i just look at yeah, that's disgusting yeah so yeah <laughs> i think uh yeah to uh to echo kind of some of that and you know before we uh wrap up because yeah. i'll have to get going but uh yeah. um yeah because it's like that accountable it's like i think maybe a legal term like held to account for you know it's not about punishment and that's some mac and i it's like it's about understanding right. you know um, and, uh, both have been there and that's the kind of unique thing about this is like, you're not going to someone who doesn't understand. And I think that's the thing, like, and I, I'd say there's some practical elements here. Like I would dissuade people from enlisting their partner as an accountability, like their, their, you know, significant other, as yeah, a, big time. you know, yeah. that and, and, enlisting, like, I don't know, like a parent or, you know, or someone who maybe just a buddy, but doesn't fully understand it. I would find someone else who has a similar struggle and that might be a tough thing to do, but there's maybe, there's like maybe some Reddit groups. There's maybe other online groups. There's maybe, you know. I've got a great one too. Uh, we both use the I Am Sober app. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great yeah. app. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Mwah. Amazing app. I love that app. Uh, lots of community in there. Yeah. And it's a way that you can actually track your progress. So I don't yeah. want to interrupt, but. No, that's a great. I would say that that's probably the best one of the best apps I've ever used for just sobriety in general is there's so many ways you can track your sobriety. 
check in your sobriety. You can make pledges every day. Like I'm not yeah. gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be not sober. like a financial pledge, but like <laughs> a, a pledge right. to uh, to integrity, yeah, right. and to be sober yeah. for that day. Um, yeah, love yeah. It. I think yeah, that's a great one. And you know, the Porn Addicts Anonymous. You know, I don't get anything out of like promoting that. And twelve mm-hmm. step groups are uh, self sustaining, but it's, it's so it's free and it's a virtual. So, and there's groups and, and there's a website and you can kind of register, but there's a lot of different places and there's not a one size fits all for everybody. So I think, uh, but, um, yeah, you know, Mac and I, it works, it, it totally works and, you know, and, uh, but it, you know, at the first, like, you know, it, it takes time to get to this point. And, and I think, uh, Mac and I's recovery journey hasn't, has, has, hasn't, uh, just been, yeah. uh, linear. It's non-linear it's ups and downs, but I, for sure, the gaps between my relapses have really lengthened. And, uh, um, it, when I do relapse, it's not so much of a relapse where I just get totally immersed back in rock bottom. It's more of like, I got knocked off the path, but I'm back on it because I know I'm going to have to check in with this guy. The, the, the relapse might only last like a few hours before I have to check in with him, or it might even be shorter if he sees what I searched up or we tell on ourselves and we say, dude, like, you know, I got to tell, you know, so, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, this was great, Mac. Thanks for thanks for having me here, and uh, I look forward to coming back. I know we got in some great conversations that maybe got cut off. That's <laughs> totally fine, but uh, I really appreciate being here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just uh, you know, to all those people out there, like you know, we're we're thinking of you, and you know, you're not in it alone. Uh, and uh, you know, don't give up. Yeah, don't give up on this, and and you know, yeah, keep listening and, and keep finding people. Yeah, and I would just say, like, keep fighting good fight, right? That's what I'm saying. Keep fighting good fight. And, uh, like, no touch on earlier, you know? It's not always just, like, fighting against something, but it's actually fighting for something. Hmm. Fights for something in your life. And with others. And with others. And enlist others, too. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, thank you so much, Noah. I love you, buddy. Love you, too, man. And I'm really proud of you. Thanks. And this is really cool uh, to do this with you. I mean, just thinking about all the chats we've had and uh all the growth that we've made and you know now we're, we're sharing our story with others so uh yeah if you if you like the message share it with others we'd love uh to just grow this uh, in, a, in a list people that are also on this journey because i think it's important for everybody uh from whatever rocks of life you are if you're struggling with it to put one step forward and maybe step forward with somebody else uh, that you love and trust because uh, the only way we win this is by doing it together. Yeah. Yeah, seriously mm-hmm. So with that being said everybody uh, Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, hope you guys all have a great rest of your day rest of your night Whenever you're watching this and keep finding the good fight. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Bye everybody